Welcome to the Inspiration to Grow podcast with me, Lisa Oberbichler, your host and personal growth strategist. This is the place to be to transform your thoughts and habits, tap into the superpower of mindset, and become the best version of yourself. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the Inspiration to Grow podcast. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. Her name is Cheryl Young. She is currently living in Southampton, which is very close to my location. And I'm very excited to talk to her about all things nutrition and a few other golden nuggets as well. So welcome to the show, Cheryl. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. That's well. Thank you for taking the time. Can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself, uh, what nutrition coaching is all about, and how you got into this career of helping people with their nutrition? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a nutritionist based in Southampton, Ontario. Um, I started my practice back in 2012. I've actually rebranded. It used to be called Thule Elite uh, Nutrition Solutions. Um, I rebranded in 2018. And the reason why I did that is because my business really is um, a re- reflection of my lifestyle. So it, it, just, it just made sense to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I got into nutrition coaching was because I actually did a competition in 2011. And what really um, struck me hard was uh, the impact that food had uh in changing my body composition and in changing uh, my energy levels, my sleep, my mood, just it, it, it really um, made a huge impression on me where I wanted to learn more uh, and I wanted to share it and I wanted to help people. So I, I saw how it benefited my life. At the time I was a flight attendant. Um, I actually continued to do that up until last year. I just retired. So I was a flight attendant for 32 years. So I lived a life, you know, pretty much out of a suitcase, but also um, a lot of my flights were uh, transatlantic flights. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of night flying, uh, a lot of, um, especially from this area, a lot of long drives back and forth to the airport. Uh, so, you know, food, um, especially living this lifestyle was, was, you know, it's, it's important uh, to, to get the right nutrients, but it's, it's, I wanted to continue um, the lifestyle that, you know, that I learned, uh, and through my knowledge of learning and being educated, that it was really important to, to keep it going while traveling, which was a challenge, right? So, but I mean, I, I did it. And uh I'm still better for it. I'm in my fifties now and um, I feel better than I did when I was in, you know, in my twenties. So I think that says a lot for, you know, for me and why I continue to do what I do. Oh, that's amazing. I can imagine that it was, or would have been very difficult to maintain a healthy lifestyle while having the job of a flight attendant and the long hours, the long flights and just, yeah, the kind of, back and forth and uh, upended routine and lifestyle, right? For sure. And also sleep, like lack of sleep because time changes, right? Some days I would be up 20 hours, like, um, you know, some flights were earlier coming home. So by the time, you know, 
you do, and, you know, it depends where you're coming from. It's one thing to be coming from the UK or Ireland or Portugal, where you're doing the longer flights, like from, say, Italy, right? Then, you know, your day is just longer. Uh, you're on your feet. Uh, you know, you're, you know, your flight time is just one portion of your day. I mean, you're getting up three hours before that. Then, you know, with my three hour drive home, Mary wakes for a very long day is the point of it. But yeah, so um, I, I really recognize um, you know, cortisol response in my own body when I was, you know, sleep deprived, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so your body goes through a lot of changes when you're putting it under stress and you're not uh, sleeping, uh, you know, like your eight hours every night, which my body never did for 32 years. Um, oh, wow. But I mean, I did, I did have two children along the way. So I, I did get a little bit of break being, you know, and where I was, you know, home every night part um i really felt the effects of you know of of that lifestyle and nutrition really really changed it for me oh amazing and now you're helping so many others with nutrition and weight loss right so tell us a little bit more about what nutrition coaching is uh is it different than someone who is seeking help from a nutritionist and what typical sessions would look like with you? Okay, so really nutrition coaching, there's different types of nutrition coaching. So there's nutrition coaching, say for, um, you know, clinical nutrition, which is more like, as we know, a nutritionist would be, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's nutrition coaching for athletes, right? So if somebody is, say, preparing for, say, a bodybuilding competition or, say, um, a triathlete or a marathon, right? So mm-hmm. any aspects, or even I've had hockey teams, even that where coaches have come to me and I've, I've, I've done, uh, you know, uh, nutrition planning for, for, for a team like teenagers as, as an example. So, yeah. So nutrition coaching is, is a really broad spectrum or a realm of, of not, it, it's not, it's not really, it doesn't have to be really concise or focused. Um, so, you know, when someone seeks out a nutrition coach, it's basically to get educated nutritional advice, right? For whatever it is that they need advice on. So whether it be they're seeking uh, a positive health outcome, say, because um, for a medical reason or uh, for weight loss, um, it could be for to set a goal again, like if, you know, if it's for something uh, that someone wants to do athletic uh, for athletic reasons. So, yeah, so all of that, it encompasses. And so what would a typical session look like if someone was working with you one-on-one? Okay. So the first steps uh, would be someone would, you know, uh, want a consultation, which is what I would give. So everybody gets a free 30-minute consultation. Next steps out of that consultation, once I determine um, what the client or patient's focus is, would be an intake session. So intake sessions are booked at 90 minutes. It's full intake. So the first part of the intake process is a comprehensive client intake. It's all about the client, their goals, their lifestyle, um, types of exercises that they do if they exercise. I have a lot of clients that don't exercise, but I always encourage everyone once they start having more energy or say someone has a lot of weight to lose, they that they've lost weight and once they're feeling better about themselves and they have an increase of energy that you know the next steps would be to do some type of form of exercise that they would enjoy um also i'm looking at their schedule so what their day looks like right i have to really get to know what their lifestyle is like 
And we go through also some allergies and intolerances, supplements that they take. So that's all a part, part of intake one. Um, intake two is full medical history. So it goes through different conditions. It goes through family uh, medical history, if known. Um, you know, if the person uh, drinks alcohol on occasion, if they smoke or if they smoke, and then uh, medications that they could be on or have been on, any surgeries. So it's very, very, medical history is very, very complete, the intake too, as well as any blood work. So being an RHP, I'm now able to read blood work. So I always encourage, um, especially someone is, they're coming to me for um, look, look, seeking a positive health outcome, then I encourage that to be brought in so that we can help to improve any, any markers that are, you know, need to be improved. And then uh, intake three is a three-day dietary record with food likes and dislikes. So that's three days of eating. I need to see what uh, someone's eating, right? So mm -hmm. where they're falling short, perhaps nutrient-wise, because it's all about nutrients in the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then the foods likes and dislikes is because what I'm doing in the end is I'm creating that nutrition plan. So I, I won't be giving anyone foods that they don't like to eat or won't eat, say if someone has a special diet, like they're a vegetarian as an example, or if someone, you know, has a special diet where for religious reasons, they don't eat a certain meat, right? So. Mm -hmm. So my next question was going to be about the mindset around nutrition and do any of your clients have uh, resistance to the changes they have to make or, or is there a certain shift in their thinking that you have to help them with. I'm not sure if that play, plays into this, uh, although I'm sure it does on a, let's say a more subtle le level for sure. But you just said that you kind of have them list out what they like, their preferences and what they don't like, so that when you put nutrition plans together for them, you would be compiling all the foods that they uh, gravitate to, that they enjoy eating and that, that, you know, just bring them joys. Is there a mindset piece that um, needs to be uh, worked on with between you and your clients? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Mindset is key. Mindset <laughs> makes or breaks it in the end, right? So um, first of all, I get everyone to focus on health. All right. So that's one mindset that we, that I get clients to encompass right away. Right. So if you focus on health, especially with weight loss, weight loss will follow. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, and also to look at um, not like, like a, a big goal. So if, you know, see someone signs up with me or registers for like a, a year, it's like, like, don't look, don't look ahead to the whole year. Right. Just take it day by day. Right. Don't worry about, you know, next month. <laughs> right. So the mindset is just to, to, to just work on yourself where you are today and you're going to get to your goal. Right. So, yeah, it's 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 just not looking ahead too far um, and to, you know, use the tools that you're given within the program to kind of lead you there. Small steps, focus on the process, not the result. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and just it's, it's all maybe, about the journey, yeah. Exactly, and and even uh, ad, ad, I guess ad, adopt a new uh, relationship with food, right? And eating. Exactly, exactly. Like a lot of people eat to live, right? Uh, sorry, live to eat. We need to eat to live. Sorry, I said that backwards. <laughs> so yeah, so it's just it's really it's really important to to realize that um, food 
with the, the right nutrients and combinations of food will heal you, right? So it's just like there are going to be times when we're going to want the things that we shouldn't be eating, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they give us enjoyment or pleasure, but we have to learn and recognize what nutrients are and where they're coming from and why we're eating them. So that's all a part of it, right? So the mindset, a, part, a big part of the mindset is you have to look at food totally different. You have to look at it as nutrients. You have to look at it for nourishment. You have to look, that, look at it that it's giving you energy. And the only way you can actually shift that mindset is by diving into the program and starting to eat your meals. And once you discover that makes you feel, how much better you feel from it, then you don't want what's going to make you feel not good, right? Mm -hmm. And that always happens. I should mm -hmm. say like 90% of the time is that we, I see that mindset, mind, mindset shift where after a while, it's just, you know, someone that say love chicken wings, went to eat chicken wings and they were like, oh, it made me feel awful. I can't even look at them again, right? Because the meals that they're eating, like through the program are giving them so much energy and they're making them feel better because cellularly, nutrients are going in and they're changing the state of their cells, right? So it's like your body just doesn't even want it anymore. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So changes are happening. Shifts are happening on a cellular level then. Absolutely. If you're feeding it, well, I, no, no matter what you're feeding it, but but if you're feeding it healthy. What you should be feeding it. Food, yep. Right. Yep. Then yep. you tend to let's say crave those more or, um, well, I guess you feel better uh, and, and your cravings towards other foods are less prominent. Could we say that? Yeah, we could say that. We could, we could simple, simplify it and say that, but essentially, yeah, that is exactly pretty much what's happening. Right. Um, and yeah, it's like, even like if you go on a vacation and you come back, like, with myself, it's like, I can't wait to get back on to what I, I just say, call it my food. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. like eating, you know, eating my, my whole foods and the combinations that I, that I eat them in. It's just because when I eat them, like, I just feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. All right. So I'm going to get uh, very vulnerable in, for the next question. And uh, we talked a little bit uh, in the pre-interview about this so uh, Cheryl knows what's coming but um, we're going to talk about BMI body mass index and I wonder if the listeners have even measured or looked at their BMI of late so I did and um, here's what I calculated my current BMI is 27.7 I have to say that I have lost uh, all yeah, 10, 10 kilos over the last year. So I can only imagine what it was before that. I think it was up slightly over 30, but now I'm at 27.7. And when I went to see where that lies within the overall values, I found that uh, it says between 25 and 29.9, you are overweight. That's the normal, normal range would be 18.5 to 24.9. Now, I am, I, I have to tell you this, the listeners will know this because I've been quite open about this in many of the episodes. The reason I'm trying to lose weight 
is to uh, take so much burden off my joints that are causing me problems at the moment, right? So when I reach my uh, goal weight, that would put me at a BMI of 24.2. So that is my goal. But this brings me to the question, the whole, should we, should we use BMI measurement? Uh, and is being a little overweight really okay? Because I know you have a fantastic um, answer for us in store on this, Cheryl. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Is being a little overweight really okay? And what's your take on the BMI? Okay, so there's two things. So there's, 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 we're gonna separate it. So there's, there's the body mass index. Um, there's a great tool that Health Canada has that has a chart which will show, show that it's, when we look at the BMI index, we're looking at our current weight and then our height, okay? Um, and then it'll, it'll just show you a scale that's gonna show you a range. So based on wherever your weight is, it's gonna, it's gonna plot you on this graph, right? So like you said, 18 and a half to 24.9 is the area that we wanna be in. Okay, what happens when it's elevated is it just it's it puts us in an increased risk category for certain diseases. Okay, cardiovascular risks and obesity risks. So you know diabetes is in the, the other one. So metabolic syndrome is essentially. We want to be healthy. That's what we all want, right? Because we don't want to go into our older years and you know not be healthy, be on medication, have mobility issues. Um, so it's really, really important to have a healthy BMI. However, more importantly than a healthy BMI would be your waist to hip ratio. Okay. And that is, um, an indicator also, uh, if you're overweight or overbeast, or if you're, you know, healthy or not healthy. The reason why the waist to hip ratio is important is because now when I say waist to hip ratio, we don't want our waist and our hips to be the same size. And the reason for that is there's different types of fat that our body holds. One type of fat is called visceral fat. Our visceral fat is contained in our midsection. It is predominantly around our key organs in our midsection. So our lungs, our heart, our liver, our kidneys, okay, that's where our visceral fat is. We can't pinch it. The fat that we can pinch is our yellow fat. It's our subcutaneous fat. Visceral fat is white fat. It's a hidden fat that's underneath there. So when we have elevated, uh, an elevated uh, waist um, measurement, that's an indicator of visceral fat. We really don't want any, if at all possible. However, as we get older, of course, we're going to have some, right? Like, mm -hmm. we're not going to always have that 24-inch waist, right? Like, we're just not, right? However, there's nothing to say that we can't aim and strive to make sure that our waist measurement is not the same as our hip measurement. So a healthy waist-to-hip ratio... Um, Health Canada also has a chart for that and also Heart and Stroke Foundation also has one. And the, um, the line for that at median height at five foot six would be 31.5 inches. Okay. So it's just, it's just something to consider. There's also, you know, different body types with the cinematotypes. There's, you know, endomorphs, ectomorphs, which are on, you know, either side of the of the spectrum. An endomorph is someone that's more pear-shaped. An ectomorph is someone that's thinner. 
does it matter? It does because it's still, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't allow for that visceral fat, right? The BMI will allow for that. Uh, but the, but the, um, the waist to hip ratio is, is again, it's, it's a better indicator of, of where our health is at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think everyone has to feel comfortable in their own skin. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying people have to go out and lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on this journey myself for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if someone wanted to, let's say, improve their health and they felt that they were maybe slightly overweight, would you recommend that they go in and calculate their BMI and then look into their waist to hip ratio as uh, a means of just seeing where they lie uh, with these measurements then? Absolutely. And it's a tool, right? It's just a tool just to, to, you know, and it's information that you're gathering to see where you are, right? Um, right. I mean, if you have concerns, I always hit it to discuss them with your doctor, always, first and foremost. And mm-hmm. you can even ask them, you can even ask them about, uh, you know, the heart and stroke website. And, you know, you can even say, I went and I looked it up. And, you know, I saw, you know, it says that if I'm, my waist is more than 31 and a half inches, that, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm at an increased risk, right? So 31 and a half is increased risk for, for, um, you know, health problems and 35 inches is, is termed as substantially increased risk, right? Mm -hmm. So these are just, these are just things that I I think as we're, you know, especially if you're in your forties and fifties, if you're, you know, postmenopausal or even, you know, perimenopausal, like it's, it's things that you should always, it's something that you should always like think about um, if you find that your weight is going up. Right. right. Like, it's like my weight's going up. What does that mean? Like, am I, could I be at risk for, you know, heart disease? Could I be at risk for diabetes? Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned the visceral fat because uh, I don't think, well, I, I've, I've done some research and I've read, read about it and um, I, I know what it's all about, but you said that it is the fat, it is the layer of fat that is surrounding our major organs right Mm -hmm. in our midriff Mm -hmm. and it just is not healthy to have too much of the visceral fat is it no it's not it's not and yeah it's 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 belly fat but it's found deep basically deep in your in your abdominal cavity right so yeah i mean it's and and again like it's something that if you can clean it up, it's a good idea to clean it up. And you can do that with, with good nutrition and, and exercise together. I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say just exercise alone is going to clean that up. I wouldn't. Um, So I would say a combination of both. Definitely. Definitely. So um, here's my challenge to all the listeners, (laughs) go out and find a BMI calculator and put your, height in put your weight in and see where you lie on that scale and also look into the waist to hip ratio okay i really encourage you all to do that just just to see where you are all right so uh cheryl what are the core aspects of optimal health and well-being from your perspective optimal health and well-being all right well let me think um core aspects of optimal health and wellness um 
Okay, they would be nutrition, I'd say exercise, sleep and recovery, um, stress reduction and relaxation. I think to me, those are, those are the um, core aspects of optimum health and well-being. Um, all of these in the end will also help to improve our emotional well-being uh, because it's all about balance. Right. And give us that energy that we mm -hmm. need to get through every day, right? Mm -hmm. Just to dive in a little deeper, um, like when I say nutrition Z is the first, um, because I really believe that we need to stop like obsessing about our diet, like, and, and what we eat, that it affects our weight and, and recognize that nutrition and what we eat directly impacts our overall health. Like, it's not just about the weight, like the weight loss will come, you know, if you focus on health, your, your weight will go down. It will, mm -hmm. because then you're making those, say, better choices or you're on a better road or a better path nutrition-wise, right? So if you're feeding your body whole foods um, and, you know, getting those antioxidants in and not overeating, uh, say, unhealthy, unhealthy fats and processed foods, boxed foods, food-like products, right? You're, you're definitely going to feel better for it and, uh, and, and nutritionally, you're going to nourished right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a healthy diet also promotes promotes um, bacteria in our gut um, this this helps us uh, in many ways that it, it sends uh, feel-good signals to the brain so as we know the gut and the brain are connected right right, right. Um, and then with exercise regular exercise um, of course it helps to increase our mobility um, resistance training as well helps us to build and sustain muscle mass which you know helps us to have stronger bones. Um, aerobic exercise helps to improve oxygen flow, which strengthens our cardiovascular system and burn calories. Uh, exercise also boosts our mood, um, helps us to sleep better, lowers our risks of developing um, cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, some cancers, and also um, you know helps to boost our self esteem and de decrease stress in the in the end, which is what we all want, right? It's a real confidence booster, the exercise and fitness part pillar that you mentioned. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then sleep and recovery would be um, like a good night's pretty much a good night's rest helps to lower stress, improves con concentration in the morning, um, and boosts emotional stamina as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a good a good tip I always tell people is uh, this is done in one of my programs is to put away electronic devices an hour before bedtime right? That's in my uh, 12 day detox. So um, it, it just, you know, the blue light off of the off of all of the our, our um, screens and devices, it impedes sleep, right? So, so by, you know, just not being on any device an hour before, that's really going to help you to uh, fall into a deeper sleep for sure. There's more and more evidence out there uh, supporting the those claims, right? So we really have to take them seriously and put our phone away, read, relax, listen to music, listen to a podcast, do, do whatever, but just let your, just let your brain and your eyes kind of relax and prep them for a good night's sleep, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of these things together are, are really important, right? Uh, let but me yeah. ask you, how do you keep fit yourself? Um, I'm, I'm into weight training, resistance training. So um, I typically work out four days a week. Uh, I don't feel um, where I am in my journey that 
any more would be beneficial. I am in my 50s, so recovery is key. Um, I do have my own coach, and and he he agrees with me. He 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 tells my my husband and I that, you know, four days you're good, and and you know we're we're maintaining a healthy weight. We're maintaining um, healthy body fat levels at our age, and yeah, we don't kill ourselves. Um, an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes, four days a week, uh, and with you know the right um, appropriate uh, nutrients from our food. We, we do take, we do supplement, supplement with some vitamins. Um, we don't go overboard, um, at all, but, uh, exercise is, um, as good as it is, it is acidic to the body. Um, and it does generate more free radicals, right? Because we're taking in more oxygen when we exercise. So the only thing that's going to neutralize a free radical is an antioxidant. So we have, we make sure that we get our fruit and veg, and then we top up with a good multi. Uh, a good multivitamin and a couple of other, you know, um, a couple other supplements that we feel uh, are beneficial. And yeah. So a question that always comes up is with the, especially with the price of food nowadays, Mm -hmm. uh, I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and I think everyone can relate to this. The uh, when you get to the cash register and you hear the, 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 the amount, it's just, it's astounding how, how, how much produce has gone up. And my question is, I mean, should we, should we concentrate on getting organic produce? Is it really worth the price that we have to pay? Or can we uh, stick to some of the non-organic uh, fruit and vegetables as well. What's, what's your feeling on that? Um, well, there are certain, there are certain fruits and vegetables that I, that I, that I feel that we should always buy organic. So carrots is one, cause they are known to be heavily sprayed. Um, berries is another one cause they're so small. And when they're sprayed, like their, their, their skins are so thin that they, they do basically saturate or they, all of the herbicides or pesticides that go on them. Like if you think about it, um, in terms of cost, uh, honestly, if, if the produce, if you're in the produce section buying organic and it, it just doesn't look worth, like worth buying because it's so much more expensive, I would say don't buy it. Cause you don't even know how much of the nutrients have been depleted from it. Mm-hmm. I yep. say in the summer months, what you can grow, if you can have a little garden and grow your own, like, say herbs, um, like we grow Swiss chard, uh, some, sometimes jalapeno peppers, like you tomatoes, like you, you just have to figure out what it is that you're going to eat the most. Right. And you just, those are the things you should plant. And then of course, if you can do any, um, inside, uh, growing in the winter, um, I know there's a lot of like lettuce plants and herb, uh, towers that you can, um, you can you can purchase as well, which are which would be strategies to like lower your grocery bill. But right now it's it is super hard. Like things are very expensive. I just bought apples yesterday, and they were twenty dollars by the time I was done. Um, oh so, my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and that was like Chris Bonsio for three forty in a pound. It's one of our it's in one of our meals, so it was like well, I have to buy it, right? So, but but yeah, so I would say as far as organic with the prices being so high right now unless it looks really really good I would say don't like what's the point honestly Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and then there's that other side of it too like do you really trust that it's organic I I I really have this you know this sometimes I'm I'm unsure it depends if you're getting it off a local farm or not right but um 
yeah. So if it doesn't look good, I, I would say don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good, uh, good tips. You said carrots, berries, those are better bought yeah. under the label organic. And yeah. you just have to trust that they are. <laughs> also, I, 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 yes, go ahead. If I can add, what's really good to buy also is um, your harder fruits that have a harder outer shell. So if you think things like watermelon, uh, pineapple, um, even papaya, because there's there's quite a bit of like from from basically the skin to where the fruit starts, there's there's quite a bit of like um, you know the outer outer part of the fruit. So mm-hmm. when it's sprayed, it doesn't penetrate right into the fruit, right? The spray is just to protect the fruit, the outside of the fruit, so that you know the the insects don't get at it, right? Mm-hmm. So the thicker the uh, the fruit, then you know it's I would say it's it's a healthier choice where you know the food fruit is protected inside mm-hmm. and wouldn't be saturated from this from these herbicides or pesticides exactly and mm-hmm. one one thing that my husband insists on is whenever we get fruit and vegetables he often says peel them if you know if they have a peel just just peel them and eat them i mean i don't always do that with apples but with cucumbers for example mm-hmm. i'll always peel those take the outer layer off just just to, in case i mean you know mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to ask you now, what are the five must have items in your fridge? Okay. So the five must have items in our fridge. So yeah. one would be, one would be Greek yogurt, plain fat free Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Another would be eggs and we get farm eggs. Um, another one would be uh, zucchini just for like veg, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, broccolini would be another one. Um, and uh, the last one I would say would be sourdough bread. Oh. oh, do you make your own? No, we do have somebody locally that does make it, but no. <laughs> I'm hoping to learn. I'm hoping to learn this year because I'm home now and I have the time, but not yet. Great. Great. Well, if you have a good a good source in town, then uh, uh, that's that's just as just as good as well. So, I'm going to wrap up the questions now because I want to be very respectful of your time, Cheryl. Um, but we've covered a lot, and there is so much so much more I could talk about with you. I encourage everyone to go to Cheryl's website. She's going to tell us where we can find her in a minute. But uh, I would like to ask Cheryl, can you explain to people um, any courses, any offers, uh, what you, what, uh, yeah, offers that you have? Um, so I have different, like you mean my programs? So yeah, how could they, I, how could they work with you if they, if they wanted to? <laughs> okay, so um, with my ROHP, so that would be if someone has an issue or a concern, um, you know, uh, clinically or a medical reason why they should get their nutrition in check. Uh, that's one way you can work with me where we can, we can uh, improve your, your health income um, outcomes through um, an intensive um, eight week ROHP program where the sessions are an hour long. And uh, there's a lot of education in that. It's not just eat this, but it's uh, learning a, a nutrition system that's going to work with you and, um, to how to improve uh, what you need to improve with uh, 
with your health, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a second program would be um, nutrition coaching. So that would be, say, someone that uh, perhaps doesn't have a medical issue but would like to lose some weight, right? So programs for that start at uh, three months uh, and they go to a year or um, as per the client. I have some clients that have been doing nutrition coaching with with me for over six years. <laughs> so um, they're not because they they haven't met their their weight loss goal, but they've moved on to other goals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a specialized program and that kind of fits into what I just ended up saying. Um, I have a specialized program f- for clients that uh, want wants, basically they want to set goals and achieve a little more. So I have um, a fitness photo shoot program and I've also started doing um, a contest prep for clients who want to compete uh, in fitness competitions um, or bodybuilding competitions. So that started um, in 2021 and the fitness prep, um, the fitness prep photo shoot program started in 2018. So that's been going, this will be its sixth year. So if someone wants, you know, has reached their goal and but they want to continue with a bigger goal, uh, then those are other options that, uh, that are there within uh, reach and that I that are that I offer. Great. And how can they get in touch with you, Cheryl? So I am on Facebook. Um, my business on Facebook under uh, Cheryl Young Lifestyle. Um, it is also on uh, Instagram. I, I don't do a lot of posting on social media currently, just because I've just finished up my ROHP and the last three years have been very intense with studying and case studies. Um, the other way is through my website, which is probably the best way. And that's just lifestyle.com. And I will add those links in the show notes so everyone can refer to them uh, and get in, get in touch with Cheryl. So I would like to say thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your insights and tips on all things nutrition, Cheryl. It was very, very informative, and uh, I'm sure that the listeners had a lot of takeaways from, from today's show. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. And that's a wrap for today, friends. In case you haven't heard it yet today, let me be the first one to tell you you're beautiful, you're capable, and your potential is limitless. I believe in you 100%. So go out there and show the world what you are truly made of. Thanks for tuning in today's show. And on behalf of Cheryl Young and myself, we hope to have inspired you to grow. Till next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to today's talk. Check out today's show notes for ways to connect with me. And for additional weekly mindset hacks and tangible action steps, click the link in the show notes to reach my website, Inspiration to Grow. That's with the digit two. One more thing. If you enjoyed this podcast, tag me and share it in your Instagram or Facebook stories, or simply share it with a friend who might need a pep talk today. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast site, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and this way you'll never miss an episode. If you like paying it forward, please consider leaving a review. You'd help my podcast get prioritized and shared with other people who may need this message. I appreciate you and encourage you to make every day count.